podcast. My name is Mary, and I'm here with my husband, Chris. Hello. We just wanted to continue talking about what we ended with on the last one of all scripture as God breathed. Yeah, okay. Well, up up front, I have to make a, a serious like uh, public announcement here. My voice is still not the greatest, guys. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Still kind of fighting off this cold weather bug thing that's going in me. But hey, uh, bear with us as we go through this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to open us up with prayer. Oh, please. Holy Father God, we thank you so much for this wonderful day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love. Because your love, <laughs> your love is just amazing. When when I say that, Lord, I hear your love covers multitude of sin. And we thank you. We thank you that we have the ability, the opportunity, and the availability to come to you, to receive all you have for us as we believe and trust you. And I thank you that as we go forward this day to just discuss the things that you've been teaching us and wanting to have us walk through, Lord, and share with the multitudes also that you have your anointing upon your word, for it doesn't return to you void. We thank you. We praise you in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So last time, guys, you know, we started off the last one with um, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. And it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for the correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I know the, I don't know, what would you call it? Maybe like the, the sound or the the way we kind of ended last time I, for many people was kind of hard. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because we ended off, you know, trying to understand love and helping others and and talking about walking with others to help mm-hmm. see them through what they're going through. And you yeah. were you had mentioned the scripture or not mentioned, you had talked about the scripture of pulling the plank out of our own eye before yeah. taking a speck out of somebody else's eye. Yeah, and that's that's in Matthew seven. Um I don't want to like get this wrong, so I'm going to bring it up real quick. It's in Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, and, and this is one of those ones, guys, where people take so much out of this, um, out of context. You know, people are quick to say, hey, don't judge me. I just closed my app. Oops. <laughs> oh, bear with me, folks. I don't have my paper Bible with me. Um. But it's Matthew 7, and a lot of people will take a lot of this stuff out of context, and they'll say, don't judge me, brother. You know, you're not supposed to judge. Well, in this, Jesus is really, I think the heart of this is that Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 1, judge not that you not be judged. For with that, what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So he's saying, if you're selfish and self-centered and self-righteous, don't go judging other people. But if you're humble and lowly before God, you can show people their error in their life. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And then he goes on to say, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye 
but do not consider the plank in your own eye. So why would you look at the little sin in somebody else's life when you have this gigantic sin that you're trying to avoid? He says, or how do you say to your brother, let me remove that speck from your eye and look, the plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so many people want to say, don't judge me. Right? Mm -hmm. And they leave it at that. The Bible says, don't judge me. It says, no, don't judge another unless you yourself have been found approved by God. Right. Right? Yeah. Make sure that your life is clean. Make sure your life is is walking in, in faith in alignment with God. Yes. Then you can give that person that hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But it's not like, hey, you've got this horrendous speck in your eye and you need to get rid of it. Like I said last time, it's it. Hey, I see something in your life that I don't think is in alignment with God. And I would like to help you remove that from your life. Yeah. Why? Because I see that you're walking negatively and you're going to burn in hell and you better change your ways, you filthy sinner. No. <laughs> Don't you talk to me like that. No. It's, <laughs> why, what is what? Okay. So what's our motivation for sharing with others? It would be love. Exactly. Love. I mean, as you stated, God did not create hell for man to be in. No, it was created for the demons, for the Satan. Right. And and we don't want to see our brothers, our sisters, our friends, everybody we know, and even those we don't, we don't want to see people go where God did not originally design for them to be. No, he, he originally intended for us to spend eternity with him. Yes. We were meant to be eternal spirit beings with God. Yes. And that's one of the things, that's why... It, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the out of the garden so that they wouldn't eat the tree of life and be eternal beings in sin. Right. Right. Yeah. So in helping somebody to take out a speck of their own eye or our own plank out of our own eye, Jesus yeah. said at first, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Amen. Well, in repentance, what does that look like? And you know, if it's not that we walk up to people and say, you need to repent. We hear that on the corners, those blasting things out and and people cringing, you know. Yeah. There, there's a difference of loving somebody and letting them know that they're erring in their way and they need to repent. Yeah. Versus coming at somebody so forceful that, you know, the last thing they really want to do is repent. It makes them rebel. When we've gone out and done outreach... You know, when we when we had our homeless ministry, we ne- I never once got out there and told people, you need to repent, you need to put down the drugs, you need to do this. It was always showing them, and I mean showing them, by our physical being there, by how we uh, interacted with people, showing them the love of God. Along with sharing with them where you've been, and whether it's drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it is, you shared your story. So you were able to say, this is what God did in me submitting myself to him by taking the plank out of my eye so that I can help you come out of agreement with the same kind of stuff that I have been through that is destroying your life. Yeah. 
on the premise that all scriptures God breathed, we can't come after somebody in a spirit of frustration, a spirit of anger, or a spirit of condemnation. Right. We have to come to people, not at people, in a spirit of love. And yeah. it has to be the love of God that compels us. But love is not acceptance. No, and that's where a lot of people are wrong today. That's Well, that's where the world's wrong today. That's where the world has been telling us that it's okay to walk out the life that you're walking in, whether it agrees with God's word or not, because you're okay. Yeah, the you're okay, I'm okay has gotten us all in a place where it's not okay. Right. Right. <laughs> but we see like in, um, where is it, Psalm 119, uh, 105, where David writes, um, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not quoting that verbatim, but it's a lamp. I just realized this. Look at the order that he puts this in. Your word, O God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Mm -hmm. It shows me where I'm standing. Right. And then it shows me where I'm to go. Right. It shows me that I'm standing either in sin or it shows me I'm standing in righteousness. And then it shows me the path in which I need to take out of sin or to continue in the path of righteousness. Yeah. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in Matthew six thirty three. Mm-hmm. But that it's the word of God that shows us where we stand. And it's all scripture, right? Yes. Like we talked like last time that it's, it's the Old Testament that Jesus was talking about. It's the Old Testament that Paul's writing about. Mm-hmm. Right. That and what Jesus had stated. <laughs> well, it's, well, you're saying when they talk about scripture. Yeah. When they're yes. talking, when Paul's talking about scripture, he's talking the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and, you know, last time I touched on uh, Proverbs fourteen twelve, where it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And when God's word says something that's just profound, we're like, wow, that's amazing. But when it says it twice, we really need to pay attention. In Proverbs 16.25, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't just at a lack of words and didn't know what to write. He's showing us, hey, I said it here, and I'm going to say it again. Right. There's a way that seems right to you, but it's not lining up with the heart of God. And I know it looks right, and I know you think it's right, but it's not right. And, and that's really where we're getting into this world nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's all been told in Scripture. And one of the ways, you know, that we have the ability to help others is by pointing them as we've said from the beginning, to the word, to know whose we are so that we may know who we are. And as we know who we are, we learn how to walk out this life in his love, in truth, with hope, peace, faith, <laughs> his righteousness. Yeah. For, for 
our good, his and his namesake. Exactly. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind is Romans twelve two. Yeah. Renewing our mind. Yeah. Yeah, so in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Why would the will of God be good, acceptable, and perfect? And how would we know what that is if we don't know what the word is? Right, right. The, all scripture is the will of God. Yes. We have to know what the word says. And if you don't know what the word says, seek wise counsel. Yes, as you're reading it, and if you come to things that you're perplexed about or you know you have questions about find somebody you know has been in the word who knows their word and you see the fruit of their life being being walked out yeah don't go after somebody that has no fruit in their life but yet knows the word right well yeah because those are pharisees (laughs) well along with the the enemy knows the word a lot better than a lot of people who are in the word exactly i mean he knows it otherwise he wouldn't have been able to trip up adam and eve yeah Surely he didn't say you'll die. Right? Well, no, he did. And then we have people that don't truly know the word. They didn't hear it from God. Eve didn't hear from God when he said, do not eat of this fruit for the day that you eat of it. Surely you will die. She said, no, God said we could eat of all the trees and plants, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we can't touch it or eat it right he didn't say that and the enemy will twist the word of god to try and trip us up and we need to know what the word of god is yes yes because it's god inspired it's god breathed i love that i think it's i don't remember what translation that is all scripture is god breathed Mm -hmm. the 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 spirit of God spoken, right? You know, yeah. And when we look at this in in Romans thirteen eight, it says to owe no one anything, but to love. Hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, you don't owe me anything. I want to see you better your life, so that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Exactly. So you got something going on here. What do you got? Do not be conformed to this world, but be trans- transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that happens. Transformation by the renewing of our mind happens by being in the word, by praying, by allowing God to do in us what he has declared he would do in us. And that is to write his word upon our heart. How does that happen? It is by humbling ourselves, receiving and believing everything God has said, repenting from our wicked ways, accepting that his word is truth and allowing it <laughs> to do what it's, what he declared it would do. And now that by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in us. 
and will remind us of the things that have been taught and walked out by Jesus and his followers, as Jesus said in John 17. You know, he was praying for himself and then he was praying for his apostles and disciples. And then he was praying for us today who will listen to their words who followed him, that we may be one as they are one. We are one with them. They're one with him. It's a one game. Yeah. And I just, I just really find it. I mean, it takes me back to the plank and the speck and it's, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And you can only do that. It's not called brainwashing. Maybe you want to call it brainwashing. Wash your brain with the truth. Yeah, (laughs) washing the blood of Jesus. Right? And it cleanses it all the junk out so that we can hear the truth. You know, many people say, but I have all these voices. I hear all these other things being said. Well, Mm -hmm. that's where his word can come in and it overtakes the enemy. God wins, period. But unfortunately, I am hearing too many people say, yeah, but. It should be, yeah, but God, not, yeah, but the enemy. It should be, yes, but God. Yeah, because all the promises of God are yes and and amen. amen. In? In him, in Jesus. Yes. I just find it very important, and I'm sure just, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't even be going here, to know that it is possible to walk out all that God has declared for us to walk out. Yeah, it's totally possible. We just have to, it, it, and I'll say it again, it's like a trail shoot. Actually, any sport, but I use archery because to miss the mark is to sin. Yep. So if you're walking out this life and you're shooting your arrows, you're walking out and you're shooting your arrows to the target and you miss, yep. it's a sin. Yep. But you get another arrow and you try again. Yeah. And you go, oh, darn, I repent of that one. Let's try it again. Yep. We walk it out with our focus upon Jesus Christ and God and all of the, his word, knowing that it is possible. Yeah. If you don't believe it's possible, then you'll never try. Right. And we've had this doctrine. That says we don't have to try. That says, yeah, well, you don't even need to bother because you're just not going to be able to. Right. And that's not sound doctrine. They're trying to twist the word to show themselves approved in their error. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to believe that we could walk holy as he is holy when he declares for us to walk holy as he is holy. When they'll find little bits of scripture that will excuse their... Their behaviors sin. yes they're their sin the sin you're right yeah. it's it's to um to make themselves feel okay when they mess up yeah and i and i remember when i was first saved and i was actually first starting to preach at the park mm-hmm. we had this this little bible ga- study gathering uh, a couple of the people um long-haired charlie wanted to let's do a bible study mm-hmm. and i went to romans 7 and we talked about the things that i do are the things I don't want to do. That whole section where Paul's right. talking about, you know, well, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing, and the things I do, I do want to do, I don't do. 
right? Right. And then later on, you're like, but that just sounds like a scapegoat. That's just giving us a reason to sin. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later on when I really started reading the scripture and God convicted me and showed me, be holy as I am holy. And in First John, if we confess our sins, in First John 1, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? Right. When that sunk in and I started hearing the truth being expounded upon, I'm like, oh my gosh, we can be free from this. I can remove this plank from my eye. Well, how do you know this? Because the scriptures tell me so. Mm-hmm. I have given you a way. I have given you a path. I've given you the truth. You need to accept it and become it and live it and then share it with others. Right. And it's only by the power of the word of God. Yes. His Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you say She's like, yeah. That means revelation just set in and she's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I get excited when his word just just comes up and it's so real it's so now it's not yesterday Mm -mm. it's now it's living it's active it is pure and holy and true yeah and we we have the opportunity ability and availability to grab it and become what he has declared for us to become because of whose we are. Yep. I mean, Esther didn't have any power until she became Queen Esther. Exactly. And received what the king was giving and offering. He put that that scepter out there. Yeah. And pardoned her. Yeah. You know, when she busted in to save all of her family. Yeah, whether I live or die, I'm right, going to do this. Right, And he's he's like, I have to see what's going on. Yeah. And he loved her. His love for her changed what history would have annihilated because she believed and trusted in God. I don't know. I, I feel like I can go off left or right here. <laughs> All right. Well, since you feel like you can go left or right, let's pick this up next time okay. on Water Freedom Podcast. Okay. Okay.